Well, it's great to be with you all uh, this morning. Um, do turn with me to our passage today, which is Proverbs chapter 12, um, and do keep it open because we're going to be looking at the verses in turn. Well, actually, we're going to move them through in different orders. So Proverbs chapter 12, which is found on page 646. We're not going to display it on the screen, so I uh, encourage you to, if you haven't got one, go find a Bible. Oh, they're all on the sides. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm glad I mentioned it. it uh, we need to get the Bibles out. Thank you so much. We forgot, I forgot to do that last night. So um, that's great. We're going to give you some time to, to do that. Now, um, let me say some words of introduction before we, we dive into the passage. So um, Proverbs, uh, we're going to be picking up on various different themes that are spoken of uh, in the book of Proverbs, but, but the theme that is spoken of most often in Proverbs, other than wisdom itself, is the use of our words, our speech, our language, our tongues, our lips. This is the theme that we're looking at today, uh, which, we, which is spoken of most often. Um, uh, as I've said uh, earlier, uh, the words that we use have the power to make or break our lives. So I think everyone's now got a Bible in front of him. It's Proverbs chapter 12. Um, and so let's dive straight in to our passage today. Verse 15. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. A truthful witness gives honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. So let's pray to begin, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do pray that the words of my lips and the meditations of all of our hearts are pleasing to you, our Lord, our Rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. So as I said, the, the words that we speak quite literally have the power to make or break our lives. And so the question I want to ask this morning, and I want us to think about this morning, is simply this. How do you and I speak well? How do we speak well? And to do this, we're going to contrast what this passage has to say about the words of the wise compared to the words of the fool. And I know it keeps on saying about wise men, but actually it's, it's wise people all together. So the words of the wise and the words of the fool. And, um, and there are five aspects of speech that, are sort of, that we can draw out from this passage this morning. And these are the following. What we say, in other words, the content of our words, how we say it, so the tone of our words, when to say it, which is the timing of our words, when not to say it, 
which is restraint of our words. And lastly, how much to say, which is due with the amount of words that we speak. So let's dive into each of those in turn. Number one, what we say, the content of our words. Let's dive into verse 17. It says this, A truthful witness gives honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. Now, Proverbs uh, speaks often of the wise person and the fool. And when when referring to the speech of each of these, it often speaks of the the tongue or the lips of the wise person or the fool. For instance, again, another one of our Proverbs, Proverbs 19, verse 19. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. So this is our takeaway number one. The tongue of the wise is truthful, but the tongue of the fool is deceptive. Now, in the book of Proverbs, there are <coughs> a few characters that pop up again and again, and two characters uh, we are warned about are the false witness, which is mentioned in our passage here, and the flatterer. Now, one of these says nasty things about us. One of these says nice things to us, but both are dishonest, and both are condemned as fools in this book. First, the false witness, verse 17, a false witness tells lies. Now, when we think of a false witness, we probably think uh, of a courtroom situation, but you can be just as much a false witness in day-to-day life as you can be in a courtroom. You can attack someone's character uh, with untruths or with half-truths. And it says here, that, and the way that I've summed this up is the tongue of the wise is truthful and the tongue of the foolish is deceptive. Now we need to be clear, because I use that word deceptive on purpose there, because we need to be clear about what deception is, what fools speak, deception. Because I think it can be all too easy for us to make excuses about what we say. We know, don't we, that lying is wrong, but what we think is that we can sort of maneuver and manipulate the truth in a way that sort of gets around. Well, we're not technically lying, are we? So we say to ourselves, you know, it wasn't a lie, but the words that we say are actually designed to deceive others and deny others of the reality of truth. So as an example, I want to give you two facts Fictional families. I hope there isn't a real family out there like this, but you've got two families that live next door to each other, the Smiths and the Joneses. Now, these families do not get on with one another. There's been a uh, long-running feud between them. Anyway, one day, Mr. Jones is arrested on suspicion of robbery. Now, the Smith family all know that he is definitely not guilty of the crime that he has been arrested for. They all know that he's not guilty. Um, uh, but the police come and take statements from them. Anyway, Mr. F- Mr. Smith speaks first. And he says to the police that Mr. Jones definitely committed the crime. He was a witness and he committed the crime. Next, they interviewed Mrs. Smith. And Mrs. Smith um, uh, basically says, well, to be honest, I, I just don't know. 
you know, I don't know if he committed a crime, but I did see him in the vicinity of where the robbery took place at the time that it happened. And then they interviewed Granny Smith, not the apple, yeah? Um, uh, And Granny Smith, well, she just refuses to say anything. She refuses to give a statement. Now, who did wrong in that situation? Mr. Smith, Mrs. Smith, or Granny Smith? The answer is, of course, all of them. They each knew that Mr. Jones was innocent. One of them told an outright blatant lie. The other one told the truth, but told the truth in a way that was meant to deceive the police. And the third, well, didn't say anything. Surely they didn't do anything wrong. Well, they did. They deceived the police because they knew the truth and yet didn't say it. Each of them were deceiving the police. And God hates dishonesty. And we might think that we are able to sort of cleverly pull the wool over his eyes with with technicalities. But deception is deception, uh, whether technically it's a lie or not. Glance forward a couple of verses to verse 22 in this chapter. It says this, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. So the false witness, that's our first sort of villain that we find in Proverbs. And then we've got a second uh, villain that we're warned about, and this is the flatterer. So for instance, in chapter 28, verse 23, we read this. He rebukes a man will in the end gain more favor than he who has a flattering tongue. Now, I want to make it absolutely clear there is an all-important place for expressing our thanks and appreciation to others, for encouraging others, for building up others uh, with, with, with our words. That's what this charity Emerge is all about, to encourage and to build up one another, to bring life and healing to others. But what we're speaking of here is flattery. And flattery is false praise. Words that are spoken with one intent in mind. And it's, and it's an alternative motive. That alternative motive is to, to gain popularity or to make friends and to influence people, to sort of, you know, get on the inside. Flattery involves disingenuous words, saying things that you really don't believe, but you're saying it to get on someone's side. And a false witness and a flatterer are the same according to the book of Proverbs. One speaks evil untruthfully. The other speaks falsehood insincerely. Both are condemned in this book. So what we say matters. The tongue of the wise is truthful. The tongue of the fool is deceptive. That's what we say. Next, point number two, how we say things. The tone of our words. Verse 18, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Now we need to be mindful not only about what we say, but how we say it. The wise person is truthful and they are direct, but also they are gentle and they are loving in how they speak. Turn forward a page to chapter 15, verse 1, and you'll read this proverb. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh word 
stirs up anger. And so, friends, we need to speak the truth, but we need to speak the truth in love, which means being careful of both what we say and how we say it. So this is our takeaway number two. The tongue of the wise is gentle, and the tongue of the fool is harsh. What we say, how we say it, and thirdly, when to say it, when to say it, the timing of our words. So let's stay with that same proverb for a moment, verse 18, <clears throat> and, um, and, and, and it says that not only should the tone of our words be gentle so that they bring healing, which is the second half of that verse, but we are also warned not to be reckless with our words. We need to be careful when to say things. Now, Proverbs is a book of poetry. It's got beautiful and brilliant, deep truths. Um, and, I, and I love some of the poetic language in the Proverbs, but one of my, perhaps my favorite uh, 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 Proverbs in terms of the language is used is Proverbs 25, verse 11. It says this, A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. You see, a word may be true, but unless it is spoken at the right time, it is not apt. It is not right for the circumstances. It's not at the right time. Catherine and I have got a confession we need to make. We have just finished watching the latest series of The Traitors. And uh, I don't know if any of you have seen uh, The Traitors, uh, but uh, I'm sure, like me, you've spent the whole series feeling horrified about how calculating and deceptive people can be. And if you haven't seen the show, then let me tell you sort of the premise. It's like a game show and people from the nation can join in. Um, and, <clears throat> and some of the contestants are chosen to be traitors who, who murder people by basically choosing who to eliminate from the game each evening. Uh, and so they're the traitors and they've got to keep their identity a secret. And the other contestants are the faithfuls. Yeah? And they must use their reason and deduction to work out who are the ones um, who, who are basically doing the murdering. It's like, the, like a, I don't know, an elaborate game of wink murder, I think it is. So anyway, um, but, but, but not only do they have to use the powers of reason and deduction, as with any sort of large group game or dynamics or, or community, there is a huge amount of emotional and relational aspects at play. And you need to be careful about what you say just in case the group turns on you. Because you may be saying absolutely the truth, but if you don't say it at the right time, you can be kicked out the game because suddenly the, the, the group stops trusting you and they think, hold on a minute, you're the traitor, and then you're banished from the game. They think you're, you're the traitor and they kick you out. Now, a small spoiler alert. Do put your fingers in your ears if you haven't uh, finished watching the, the show. Um, uh, so if you're ready, I'm now going to uh, say something that happens uh, towards uh, the end. Now, there's this young lad. Uh, he's from just down the road from Slough. His name's Javi. Yeah? And, um, and everything, if you've been watching, everything he does turns to gold. I can see a couple of people with their fingers in their ears. Um, uh, uh, everything he, he t- t- does touches to... Uh, turns to gold. Now, 
Nobody has any suspicions about him. But the thing is, he's been, viewers will know that he's been a traitor since the very beginning. Now, one of my best, uh, always my best sort of uh, contestants are the sort of the rational, uh, uh, the, the, the rational people that are, that are detectives of the group. And my recent favourite is a guy called Jazz. Yeah? And now the thing is, no one, no one suspects Harry at all. He's the golden boy. He thinks he's brilliant. Yeah? But Jazz yeah, uh, is, is a brilliant detective. And, and way back, way back at the start, Harry did a tiny little misstep and sort of gave a little hint, and Jazz picked up at it. It was a brilliant a moment of brilliant insight. But Jazz knew that Harry was the golden boy, and therefore he could not bring it out. Because as soon as he thinks, Harry, I'm calling you out, the group will say, it ain't Harry, it's you. You're picking on Harry because you're trying to get him out of the game. He's the faithful. So what he did is he sat on this piece of information for absolutely ages. And if you, if you haven't watched the, the end, I won't say uh, you definitely need to put your fingers in the ear now because um, uh, uh, he, he, he uses it and he holds this information and he says it at just the right time. Now, that's all I'm going to say, because in case you haven't seen the final, you'd like to. Uh, but uh, what I would say is Jazz has now got a new nickname across you know, social media, and it's called Jazzica Christie. Um, so he's a brilliant detective. But, but basically, that's an example of it's not just the truth. Now, you can take your fingers out your ears now. Fingers out your ears. Hello, hello. Fingers out your ears. Um, uh, someone give Ian Knight a, nu- a nudge. There you go. Ian. There you go. There you go. Anyway, so, um, so um, it's, it's not just whether we've got the truth. It's knowing when to say it. It's the timing of our words. Takeaway number three, the tongue of the wise is apt. The tongue of the fool is reckless. What we say, how we say it, and lastly, when to say it. And, and, and our next point, point number four, is when not to stay, say it which is the restraint of our words. Like the previous points, both points three and four yeah, can be summed up in a verse from uh, another book of wisdom, which is found in the Bible, which is Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse seven says this, there is a time to be silent and a time to speak. And there are occasions when the wise hold their tongue because it's not the right time to speak. It isn't apt to speak because of the circumstances. But there are other times when the wise hold their tongue because they recognize their own emotions that are in play within them. For instance, wise people know not to speak when they're angry. Verse 16, a fool shows annoyance at once, but the prudent man overlooks the insult. Now, I'm sure uh, we can all think of times uh, when someone has said something or when we've uh, uh, received an email or a WhatsApp post when our immediate response is that of hurt or upset or anger. And all these feelings and emotions may be absolutely valid and right. But the the wise person has the self-awareness to recognize their own emotions and makes a decision in that moment not to say anything in the heat of the moment. 
And it may well be that things need to be addressed later on once the emotions have sort of subsided. But a wise person considers whether they're in the right emotional place to say something. It is the fool that impulsively responds and says something in the heat of the moment that they later regret or may later regret. So takeaway number four is this. The tongue of the wise is restrained. The tongue of the foolish is impulsive. So what we looked at, we looked at what we say, how we say it, when to say it, when not to say it, which takes on to our last point, which is how much we say, the amount of words that we say. Verse 50, the way of the fool seems right to him, but the wise man listens to advice. You see, the wise do not speak without first listening. The wise are willing to listen to advice. Wise people control their tongues. In contrast, Proverbs says that compulsive talkers are fools. Proverbs chapter 8, a chattering fool comes to ruin. So that's our takeaway number five. The tongue of the wise is controlled and the tongue of the foolish is careless. They chatter on. And it makes sense, don't we? Because if we think about what we've looked at the other four points, if we want our words to embody the speech mentioned in these previous four points, if we want our words to be true, if we want our words to be gentle, if I want our words to be apt, if we want our words to be restrained, then we're going to be careful that we don't chat too much, that we don't just chatter on. We will be careful about the amount of what we say. And so, on that note, I thought it's time for me to be quiet. (laughs) Shall we stand to pray?